Hello and welcome to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Go over to the Scattered Abroad Network and check out all the various podcasts that we have each day of the week, scatteredabroad.org, or you can find us in your podcast listening app. Make sure, if you would, also please leave uh, ratings and reviews in the App Store or whatever you listen to us on, whether, whether it be Spotify or uh, Apple Podcast, etc., Google Podcast, but whatever the case may be, if you could help us by leaving ratings and reviews, that would really help to uh, help others to find our podcast, which we would certainly appreciate. Uh, go check out some of the podcasts that we have to offer, such as the Sermon of the Week podcast, where you can hear various sermons from all the guys at the network, or maybe the joint podcast, the Scattered Abroad podcast, which is once a month, which uh, several of us have kind of roundtable type discussions uh, that are pertinent as we grow as Christians. So check those out. Check all the other podcasts out at the Scattered Abroad Network. We are starting our study of Second Peter this week. We've been studying First Peter. But we want to look at Second Peter, the first part of chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 on the podcast this week. Now, if you remember in First Peter, Peter had dealt with suffering. A lot, and uh, don't forget that the suffering that we should go through as Christians should be for righteousness' sake. But we also remember that we can come out ahead, if you will, uh, even in the midst of suffering. Well, in First Peter, you think about the suffering that he was dealing with. Where was it coming from? Well, a lot of it was coming from outside the church, whether it be you know persecution from the Romans, whether it be persecution from the Judaizers, uh, and so maybe even some persecution from inside the church, the Judaizers being kind of in the church, but but really going their separate ways by going back to uh, Judaism. And so uh, that is the, the primary focus of First Peter. But when we get to Second Peter, we're really going to deal with primarily uh, those attacks from within the church, whether we're talking about uh, Judaism or Judea, you know, the Judaizers, or we're talking about Gnosticism, etc., we're really going to deal with false teachers and those who are in the church, but they're basically uh, turning the church into something that it's not supposed to be. And really, we see the first denominations forming, if you will, during that time with Gnosticism and uh, the Judaizers and Marcionism and, and things like that. So we're going to deal with false teachers in this book. But uh, before we do that, we do want to hear in the first part of chapter one deal with the inspiration of the scriptures, and deal with a section called the Christian graces, which is, you know, the Christian growth process, if you will. So let's go ahead and look at verse number one. This, along with verse two, is Peter's introduction to the book. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So this indicates, of course, that the Apostle Peter is the author, but notice also how he calls himself a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To me, this is reminiscent of Romans chapter 6, where we are told that when we obey the gospel, we are no longer to be the servants of sin or the slaves of sin, but we are to be the servants or the slaves of righteousness, therefore the servants of Jesus Christ. But notice to whom this book is addressed, to those who have obtained or received 
like precious faith with us, uh, with the apostles. And notice that the faith that these Christians received was a precious faith. And so it is a valuable faith. And it was a like faith in, in the sense that it is the same. It is one faith that we can read about in Jude verse 3, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 5. We can also read about the unity of the faith in uh, John chapter 17, where Jesus is praying for his not only his apostles, but also those who would follow them, so Christians. And he says over and over again that they are to be one. Uh, we could also read about unity in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, uh, where Corinth had a lack of unity. Paul says, I am begging you that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And so this like precious faith then is a faith that is supposed to be the same. There is one faith. And so therefore, denominational divisions, those go directly uh, contrary to what we are reading about here in this like precious faith. But notice also, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are two things that are crucial here. Number one, were it not for Christ's righteousness and what he did for us on his cross, then we really wouldn't have any hope. Uh, even if we were to live the Christian life without what Jesus did for us, there would be no hope and no purpose for living such a life. But number two, also notice the deity of Christ here when Peter says, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, that certainly deals with the Gnostic uh, heresy, which uh, certainly denied the deity of Christ. Uh, you can read, of course, the Apostle John's writings as well on that. Uh, but, but notice, again, Jesus is God. He is God the Son. Look at verse number two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Knowledge. This is something that's going to keep coming up in this book. We want to highlight here, but notice that grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, expanding on this idea of knowledge, we want to get into our next section, which is verses 3 and 4, and that is the divinely given plan for life and godliness. Notice verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Divine power. This is describing the inspiration from God. 2 Timothy 3.16, hopefully we are very familiar with that, says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Theonoustos. God breathed. The inspired scriptures are directly from the mouth of God, we might say, and so we need to remember that. We need to understand that uh, the word that we read, it is not the word of man, and we know that God had men write it down uh, with, with pen and paper, but, but God is the author of it. God is the one who inspired it. His divine power gave it to us. Well, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that we need, spiritually speaking, is found 
in the Word of God. So everything that we need for every aspect of our lives, the principles for life in general and wisdom and godliness, being pleasing to God, all of it is found in God's Word. Notice again the connection to knowledge. The divine power that has given us everything that we need for life and godliness comes through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. And so the knowledge of Christ is what gives us everything that we need. Now, if you back up again to verse number two, where is the grace and peace found? It's found in the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 3 shows us here that this knowledge is received when we are called by Christ. I want to reference a couple of verses uh, from 1 Corinthians again. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, The preaching of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to those who are saved, it is the power of God. By the way, Romans 1, verse 16, what is the power of God? Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Looking back at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, says, But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So everyday Christian, when you think about your life as a Christian, it's all about Christ. It's all about what he did for us. It's all about uh, following him. It's all about looking to him, Hebrews 12, verse 1, which I think we mentioned last week. It's all about acknowledging him, giving him glory for what he did for us on his cross and wanting to be more like him uh, as we grow as Christians. Verse number four, by which... So by this knowledge that comes from God, the knowledge that saves, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. By this knowledge that comes from God, the knowledge that saves, exceedingly great and precious promises, have been given. Through these promises, the promise of salvation, we can be made partakers of the divine nature. So when he says we're partakers of the divine nature, what do you think that means? Does that mean that somehow we are gods in our own right? Well, no, that is blasphemy. I think there are a denomination or two that actually teach concepts like this, but that's not what he's saying here when he says that we're going to be partakers of the divine nature. What he's saying is that we're given fellowship with God. And so we, we can be reunited to him. We can take full advantage of what Christ did for us, what God did for us when he sent his son to live and to die for us on his cross. And we can be reconciled to God, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6, verse 23. But the salvation that we obtained through the knowledge of God in obedience to his gospel reconciles us back to God. 
So that is really where he's coming from here in verse number four. And certainly this is a major theme in Second Peter that we need to keep in the back of our minds. The fact that what Jesus did for us allows us to be reconciled to God, but we have to have knowledge of what he did for us. And so we need, as everyday Christians, to be spreading that knowledge. We need to be evangelizing. We need to be sharing what Jesus did for us. We need to share that information with others so that they too can be saved. Well, for the rest of the episode this week, we want to look at things that should characterize the Christian life. We're going to look at verses 5 through 11, a section that is commonly referred to as the Christian graces. Verse number 5 says, But also for this very reason, so the reason of the salvation that we have through the knowledge of Christ, for this very reason, giving all diligence, and certainly uh, we've got a podcast on that, uh, the Diligent Podcast with uh, Josh Cantrell. Uh, We have to be diligent in our walk with Christ. And what do we need to do? We need to add to our faith these various things that we're about to read. So add to your faith virtue. I'm reminded of 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. The New King James Version says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. King James says study, and certainly we need to study. We need to be diligent to add to our faith. So our faith really is a starting point, isn't it? You know, there are a lot of people who teach just believe, just have faith. The the very, you know, the most basic definition of faith, just believe. And that's, that's all you need. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. Hebrews 10, I believe it's verse 39, talks about the faith that leads to the saving of the soul. Well, what kind of faith is that? Well, read the next chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. It is an active faith. It is a faith that propels us to obey God because we believe him and we love him. And so we are going to obey him. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11, in faith's hall of fame, we see all those individuals being mentioned. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Abraham did that, etc., etc. So we have to have an active faith. We have to add to our faith. Faith really... Uh, certainly, sometimes, I guess in certain contexts, we could talk about faith being belief, but more specifically, faith is a belief that leads to action. And I think that most of the time when we read about faith, that's what we're reading about. We're reading about faith that leads to action, an active faith, an obedient faith. Well, we are to add to our faith. By the way, Romans 10, verse 17, how do we receive faith? Well, we receive it through hearing the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, by the way, Hebrews 11, verse 1, the evidence of things not seen. And again, faith is characterized after that in Hebrews chapter 11 by obedience. We have to add to our faith these various things that we are about to uh, read about. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue. What is virtue? Well, think principles. Think uh, godly characteristics. Think, okay, I'm a Christian. Now I need to act like a Christian. So we need to add to our faith virtue. Well, how do we have virtue in our lives? Well, we have to, again, study so that we can know what the virtues of Christians looks like. 
but also we add to our virtue knowledge. Surprise, surprise, the word knowledge again comes up in this text. There is a continual emphasis on knowledge in this book because knowledge leads to salvation. Knowledge also leads to growth. So you've got some knowledge that you need to have so that, number one, you can have faith in Christ and obey his gospel, be baptized into Christ. But then there's also knowledge that you need to continue to gain as you grow in Christ. Because when you come up out of the waters of baptism, you are a, a new creature and you are a babe in Christ. Well, you need to desire the sincere milk of the word so that you can grow thereby as that babe in Christ. So you have to continue to add to your virtue knowledge. Look at verse number six. To knowledge, self-control. We have to have self-control. We have to have the ability to control ourselves to the point that we sin less and less. We have to acknowledge that we do sin. Uh, read in uh, the epistle of 1 John. We have to acknowledge that we sin. If we say that we have no sin, we make God out to be a liar. And of course, God is not a liar. So we do sin. I think of uh, 1 John chapter 3, when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He can help us, but we have to repent and we have to turn back to him again. Well, we need to have self-control so that we do sin less and less as we continue to grow as Christians. If you have been a Christian for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you should be by those points as you grow, you should be sinning a whole lot less than when you were a babe in Christ. If you are sinning more, or if you are sinning roughly the same amount of times, then there's a major problem because you're not growing closer to Christ. So we need to have self-control so that it will help us in this regard. To self-control, perseverance uh, or patience. This is the ability to withstand during tough times. I'm reminded of the parable of the sower. You've got the various uh, soils. You've got the good soil, of course, but you've also got the stony soil and you've got the thorny soil. And the, the stones and the thorns, what do they do? They choke out the word uh, or they, they make the word uh, not, not able to really take root in one's life like it should, and so the person stops growing, or they just completely fall away altogether. Either way, uh, whether you just fell off completely and, and no longer attend uh, services of the Lord's Church, etc., or maybe you're there, but you're not growing. Either way, uh, we're unfruitful in those circumstances, and those who are unfruitful, uh, Jesus says, will be cast into the fire. So we need to have perseverance. We need to have patience. We need to be able to withstand during the tough times. To perseverance, we need to add godliness. So again, what we talked about with uh, self-control and sinning less and less as we grow, we need to have godliness. We need to become more and more like God as we live our lives in fellowship with him and walk in his light. Our lives should continually be more and more reflective of God in the way that we present ourselves, in the way that our actions uh, are presented to those around us. We need to be more and more like God. We need to reflect God. We need to have godliness. 
Verse number seven says that we are to add to godliness, brotherly kindness. If we are godly, then it will show in how we treat people. We should be kind to them. We should not be rude or unseemly with people or uh, act inappropriately towards people. No, we should be kind. And then to brotherly kindness, we should add love. This is not unlike what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Peter crescendos his list of Christian virtues, if you will, by talking about love. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Uh, love never fails, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so uh, as we grow in Christ, our love for Christ and, and our love for Christians and our love for the world around us even should grow more and more. Well, verse number eight, Peter says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the, and here's that word again, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If these Christian graces are present and if they abound in our lives, then we will find ourselves not being barren, not being unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. Well, what does that imply if these things are not present in our lives? Well, then we are unfruitful, right? And what happens if we are unfruitful? Again, Jesus says in his word that the, 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 uh, the branch that does not bear fruit is good for nothing but to be cast into the fire. Well, I do not want to be in that boat on the day of judgment. Incidentally, again, the emphasis on knowledge. Don't forget Hosea 4, verse 6. Uh, the prophet in the Old Testament wrote, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We must have knowledge of God's word. We need to study it. We need to be diligent to understand it so that we can be presented faithful in God's sight. Verse number nine, as we're rapidly closing out the episode for this week, verse nine says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So if we lack these virtues in our lives, if we're unfruitful, we are spiritually blind, we have forgotten what Christ did for us when he forgave us of our sins. And so in other words, a Christian who finds himself or herself in this situation has gone right back to where he or she started and they are in their sins again. This verse and many other verses like it plainly teach that someone who is saved can be lost again if they find themselves unfruitful. Finally, verses 10 through 11, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent, and there's that word again, to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we do these things, then we are guaranteed by Peter here, just as we are guaranteed by Christ. We will have that inheritance in heaven, but we have to make our calling and our election sure. We need to be constantly examining, examining ourselves, looking for growth, 
uh, inspecting our fruit to make sure that we truly are growing in Christ, because if we're not growing, then automatically what that means is that we are dying, spiritually speaking. I hope that you have enjoyed our introduction to Second Peter today. I hope that you truly are growing as an everyday Christian, and certainly this list here in Second Peter chapter 1 is a great list for you to think about and to contemplate, making sure that you're adding these virtues to your faith. Join us next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Lord willing, we will continue by looking at the second half of Second Peter chapter 1. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.